It's real. It's real. You know the deal. You know the deal. Come on. Hey, it's Shantae. And I'm Natalie. And welcome to What's the Deal, a podcast powered by the Norfus Firm. At the Norfus Firm, we solve people problems. We work with employers and employees around the world on HR and diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. Mm-hmm. Allyship. Mm. Ally. I'm your ally. We hear that. Sorry. Every time I, I, I have a reaction to that right, word. Okay, tell us. I, I, because I don't really know if I know anyone who does it well, mm. honestly. Mm. It's, you know, people, I, I get the intentionality behind it and people want to show up and say that they do this thing for underrepresented people and, but it, it just always falls flat for me. Oof. Always. You know, before we get into shared language, it's, it, I really appreciate you you bringing this point up because when we were talking about it yesterday, mm-hmm. I was like, who's been an ally in your life? Can you think of somebody who's been an ally? And we were, we, we, we had a pregnant pause. We were both like looking in the sky. I could think of maybe one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you came up with any persons. I've had people who have supported me, but I don't know if they support the collective. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, like they, they ride for me and they had my back, which is great. But in terms of showing up for so more like a mentor, yeah. Mm. Or a sponsor, you know, I've had that, but I, but in terms of someone who rides regardless, nah, yeah. I can't say that I've experienced that. So, so what is allyship? Well, <laughs> shared language as always. <laughs> Uh, this definition actually comes from the Harvard Business Review, um, provided by Meliku, Beeman, Smith, Johnson. Yeah, that's that's everybody. Um, it says allyship is a strategic mechanism used by individuals to become collaborators, accomplices or co-conspirators who fight injustice and promote equity in the workplace through supportive personal relationships and public acts of sponsorship and advocacy. So allies endeavor to drive systemic improvements to workplace policies, practices and culture. So that really highlights the difference between yes. a sponsor or a mentor who's taking on like one, one. or two yeah, people. Exactly. Where an ally, this idea of advocacy mm-hmm. and systemic change looks at the role of an ally from a much broader context that right. I'm not only I'm not only looking out for Shantae because that's my girl. And more importantly, people are looking out because it's like she does really great work for me and I don't want her to leave and I don't want to lose right. that. Like there's right. a certain like selfishness, selfishness. that yeah. comes mm-hmm. from mentoring and sponsoring. Great. Hey, do it. Multiple <laughs> things can be true at one time. Right. Exactly. So I'm not suggesting that it's a problem. Right. But when we're getting into allyship. It's, it's broader. Mm-hmm. It's that you see, you know, across the board, uh, I've had some insight into to pay and across the board, women of color are paid lower than uh, white women or white men. And sometimes in the same jobs, I'm going to go out there and fight that right. not only are we going to be transparent about that, but we're going to fix it. That's right. that's more in the in the vein of allyship. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. People use their position to help others and really, and in a way that really puts the needs of the group that they're trying to help forward mm. as opposed to their own. Mm. Systemic change. Mm-hmm. Why do we care about systemic change? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of it's systemic. Like there are systems in place that, that are producing the results that we see in these workplaces. So unless you really, you can't get, you can't really have change unless you get to the root. 
and the root is in the systems. Mm-hmm. So you, you ha- in order for it to change, you have to get it at that level. So. And this is why, you know, just a quick side note, this is why, and it may sound like, gosh, she's, these ladies are always talking about talk to your people, survey, do those things, because you have to get to that root cause. You have to get to the bottom of it to be either, either shift the system, blow it up, start all over, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be is. But right now, and this really does go back to the allyship piece, so much of what we see in this space is, is performative. Somebody asked me the other day what performative means. Mm-hmm. And if we just look at the, the, the first half of the word, performing, mm-hmm. it's like you're doing the thing to make it see, you're doing something to make it seem like you're a good person. Yeah, you're putting on a show. <clears throat> We just recently, um, uh, just recently was Martin Luther King Day. Hmm. And I woke up with an attitude, like annoyed, because I'm like, people are going <laughs> to sit here and misquote MLK all day. And, and they're be disrespectful. It, disrespectful. Like oh, God. That really super took me to a place. things on his clothing that weren't there when the picture was taken. All these things where you're just like, what are y'all doing the other 364 days of the year? And I actually Nothing. put a post that said, Please save the quotes and posts if you're not doing the real work. Right. Because those posts to acknowledge MLK are performative if they don't come with anything else. Right. Because it's very easy to Google a quote because there's a bunch of websites that have those MLK quotes and find one that resonates with you. You feel really good about it. And then you post it and you're like, and you're like, see, I'm doing the thing. Right. Right. That's performative. Yeah. So when we tie that performative piece to allyship, um, what makes a good ally? Well, an ally really needs to be able to, it's a self-awareness piece. Eddie and I were just talking about this. Eddie, Eddie is on our production team. He's and awesome. We love Eddie. Yes, we do. And it's that thing where you, can you see yourself mm. on how you're showing up in, in this space? So you might think, might be thinking you're doing one thing, but in actuality, the impact that it's having on, on whoever you're trying to support or advocate for, um, it's having either a diminished or, or opposite effect on them. Um, but you can't see it because it's so much about, look at all the good things that I'm doing. So, but an ally is able to really step outside of it and, and okay, is this, is this really having the impact that I want it to have? Are my actions really moving things forward the way I want them to, to, to move in the direction I want them to move? Or is this just because... I, I have a certain view of myself that I'm trying to perpetuate or I'm trying to, you know, whatever, but it's not really, it's again, it's that surface level. Allyship gets much deeper than that. And I think if you are endeavoring to be an ally, you have to be open to feedback. Hmm. And you have to sort of take that pause and say, where do I fit in this? Some people that we've talked to that I think exhibit really incredible traits of an ally start off with acknowledging their privilege. Yep. Because part of where you are being an ally is that you have a certain privilege or a position of power that underrepresented people don't have. So the first piece is acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a white guy and I really, I don't fit in any of these, uh, these categories. And I know that being a white guy affords me some level of privilege. Like right. that's kind of like the baseline. Right. And then understanding, especially when you're a leader, how you show, how people see you, 
right? Mm -hmm. So yes, you can have a very inflated view of yourself and people often do in, in, in these, these spaces, but have you gotten that 360 feedback? Have you heard from people you manage or you, you are colleagues or whatever the case may be, how they see you as a leader or just how they see you as a colleague? Because that allows you then to walk into this space of advocacy, mm -hmm. clear about who you are and where you stand in that. Right. And I think another piece of that is your why. Right. right. Why do you want to be an ally? Yeah. Why is it important to you? Uh, you know, it's great because uh, you were actually speaking to someone recently who, to me, I don't have any connection to this person, but just in how they were speaking about being an ally, it sounded like they get it. Again, we don't have any experience because we haven't we don't work with them or, you know, not directly, but just in how they 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 show up for the work in their workplace just kind of kind of gave you an indication that, all right, I, I actually would want this person to have my back. So they what was that like? They were talking about making sure that their their uh, teenaged kids understood the privilege that they have, wanting them to be decent human beings. I love when people say that because taking the time to understand people just is like a decent thing to do, mm -hmm. right? Like, of course, it has all these really incredible business impacts that we know about, but it's just like... It's, it's a good thing to do. And so it came from this place of this very natural, like, like I'm starting from the place of, I want my kids to be good people to other people. I have a diverse friend group. That and, part. Yeah. I have a diverse friend part. group. So when I hear about these issues that are coming up, I can put a face to it. Right. Right. Is what they it's said. so important. And it was like, right. Because it's like, put yourself out there to really sort of, again, you, you can't, you can't, have a lived experience you don't have, but under try working to understand that, you know, it impacts people. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the, I mean, you've, you've hit on it, but just so we can get, put a real fine point on it. What are some of the things or traits that make someone a great ally? So they, they don't center themselves. Mm. So they take it, they, they're able to step outside themselves, which is so hard for people. I mean, you know why? Because people just get caught up. My body all I know away. exactly. It deflates the you. The centering is okay. So what is centering? So just just again, you know, we love we love some shared language. You know, it, centering is really just you make it about yourself. <sighs> so you you really any you take everything personally, and you know we love um, Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, and part of that is one of them is don't take things personally and don't make assumptions. Is another part of that, and. You, everything that's said is you end up taking it personally or the actions that you take are, are end, ending up putting you at the center of whatever it is. So we've had that happen mm -hmm. in a couple of instances. So there have been instances where you talk about white privilege, right? Mm -hmm. That being a white person in this country affords you certain privilege and how that can impact groups of color. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have a white person say, I grew up poor. I didn't have an easy life. And it's sort of this idea that the concepts are mutually exclusive, but they aren't right. No one will ever, we are never talking about taking away your life experience. Never. You had a tough upbringing, like that is valid, but the color of your skin just gives you a different leg up than other people. And when you start to go down that rabbit hole, the person who could be an ally is centering themselves mm -hmm. because they're not willing to see themselves. You know, it, that brings up another interaction that I had recently where there was a woman who was from Germany. She'd immigrated to this country and she was heading an HR function. And um, 
was working with one of her colleagues. The colleague was very big into this diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And you could tell that this woman just, it was uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And, and she was like, well, I just, I just want, you know, I, I hate that we even have to talk about this. People are just people, all this and that and the third, but it's like, okay, like, I get it. Yes. And, you know, in order to really understand that, to create that thing that you're trying to create, you got to understand the historical significance of certain things mm -hmm. and the systemic things that arise. You moved here. You, it's different here. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's different here in the United States. So you really need to get to that point because you do, because she also in the other side of that said that she does want to create equitable, um, you know, situations in her, in her organization. She does want opportunities for people, but it's this disconnect between being able to see herself and her privilege in how she shows up as someone from Germany. She's a white woman, just so we're clear, like how she shows up and how that could sometimes hinder her or not even produce the results she wants. It's facing your internal resistance. If someone is saying to you, and I see this because, again, I, I talk about this a lot. I On controversial posts, I love to read the comments because I really like to understand. Mm -hmm. Both sides. Yeah. yeah. What, what are the different viewpoints? I mean, I yeah. have an opinion, but like, what are the different viewpoints people have? And there was recently an article um, in the New York Times that was a, a static on Instagram where they had this, the, the summary of the fact that, you know, black real estate agents, um, under earn as compared to white real estate agents was the, was the, was the premise. And you're looking in the comments and someone's like, why do we always have to talk about black people? You know, us, you know, South Asian people, we also, you know, suffer discrimination. And then you start to see the back and forth of that historical context. And it's this idea where this country was founded on sort of uh, inequity toward black Americans. So you do hear about it a lot because it hasn't changed. So I think in, in the reality, so then it's like when, you, when you're in that situation of going back and forth and you feel yourself, <laughs> well, why do we, what about me? Or what about this group? And why do we have to keep talking about this? It's sort of like pause and really assess, what are you resisting? Right. What is it that is making this so offensive to you? Right. Do you have enough facts to understand why this is or isn't an issue? Mm -hmm. To me, it's that pause that we always talk about. Mm -hmm. And again, setting yourself up to be an ally is understanding the root cause or the source of the issues that you're advocating for. Mm -hmm. That's really what it boils down mm -hmm. to. And so if you're feeling yourself like, oh, that is like, OK, pause. Right. What are you resisting and what are you really trying to accomplish here? Right. And so I think, well, again, if we're just thinking, okay, what makes a good ally? I think another point of it is just curiosity. You don't have all the answers. Correct. You don't know to the point you don't have the, the lived experience of someone else. So how do you even know what the real, what the help is? Like, what kind of help enough. you need? What do you, right. Yeah. How do you know that unless you actually open yourself up to those perspectives and talking to those people's, to people's, people, people is already plural. Um, yep. And just really getting into their world, you right. know? And so I think, you know, again, tying that back, okay, allyship is important because there are people who have privilege. Um, and again, we use race as an example, but this is across the board. If we're thinking about ability, right? If, if you are a person um, without a disability, you have a privilege. If you are a person who grew up in um, a two-parent parent household, you have a privilege. If you're a person who had meals and clothes and everything you never had to worry about money there's a privilege so this idea of 
advocacy comes from a place of you have a privilege on a particular issue and recognizing that dealing with any sort of resistance you have to that privilege. And then you started to touch on this point of talking to people. Mm-hmm. We Being a good ally includes asking people what they want and what they need as support. Do we see that enough? No, <laughs> we, we don't. don't. We don't. We don't. Again, people make assumptions. Shout out to Don Miguel Ruiz Again, and uh, yeah. for agreements. You know, you you make assumptions on what people think, what what you think people need, but you don't know. And it's and it's funny that we're talking about it within the context of allyship, but this goes across the board. Um, as an aside, I was speaking to someone else who's a new manager, and they were trying to they wanted to be to be a really good manager. Actually, it does connect. I like how this works. Um, <laughs> universe. And so she was saying, I really want to make sure that I, I, they have this experience and I show up for them in this way. And I want to make sure I'm good here and this and that and the third. She's like, but I don't really know. This is my first time being a manager. How do I get this done? And, and I was like, well, have you asked him how he would like to be managed? No. Okay. Maybe you start there (laughs) and just talk to him and say, listen, in old, in with old uh, managers. What did you love about a particular manager mm-hmm. that you had a great relationship with? When you were with a manager that you didn't really jive with, what was it about that that really kind of webbed you? And just get to understand people's experiences and then it will naturally come up what is needed in that area. But you don't have to know everything. Yeah. And I think it, then it becomes very um, patriarchal, mm, matriarchal, saviorism, yeah, saviorism yeah. where it's like you think you know what's best for someone better than they know what's best for themselves. Right. And so that <clears throat> leads to a lot of frustration because it's like, it, it would be like if, um, you know, I went out and decided, you know, Shantae, Shantae should have a new car. Although Shantae does have a new car and it's very nice and it's electric. <laughs> Thanks. Woogie, woogie, woogie. Um, <laughs> so it, it would be like me saying, Shantae needs a new car and I'm just going to go buy her one. I don't ask you, I'm not talking to you about the fact that, hey, if I get a new car, I'm really thinking about the environment. I would like to really focus on an electric car, whatever that I'm just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to buy the car. And I go and I buy you a new car and I give it to you and you're like, okay. And you don't really, you're not excited. And then I'm pissed. Why aren't you excited? I just bought you a new car. Aren't you happy? And Mm -hmm. you're like, I didn't ask you for this. Right. I didn't ask for this. Right. I don't need this. So we, we wanted to, to highlight this because we're going to do a series on allyship. This is the baseline. What is allyship? Why is it important? What is it not? You know, sort of what we are addressing today, because we're going to bring guests on Mm -hmm. that are in different demographic categories, kind of talk through what they've needed in certain situations and which they would have liked for allies to be thoughtful of uh, with, with certain groups. So, you know, again, closing out here, allyship is different than sponsorship or mentorship, although in the similar vein, in that you're not just thinking about one person in an underrepresented group, you're using your power, your privilege to advocate uh, for larger groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, To be a strong ally, you have to start off with understanding your own personal privilege and why you might be a a prime person to advocate uh, on a particular issue. And then the last piece is ask people what they need. 
Yeah. Right? And decenter yourself. Would be help and decenter yourself. Even when you feel like you can relate or that somehow you're being skipped over on this particular issue, sometimes you have to put that to the side for the greater good, for the greater good of progress. Um, that's the equity piece that's for those who don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. and so with that we'll be back we'll be talking about allyship more but again from this perspective of what leaders can do to make sure that they're actually being an ally yeah we're always happy to have you we'll see you soon